Welcome to Suicide Buddies. Before we get started with the episode, I just want to say Hampton and I joke around on the show a lot about suicide because we're very comfortable with it, because we've thought about it a lot and dealt with it in our families. We're not making these jokes to make light of depression itself or the act of suicide. So just please know that while you're listening, we're on your side. We're doing this to help. And if you really are suicidal, if you're feeling that way, please, I can't urge you enough, call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Help. Helpline. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're amazing. They will talk you through it. You do not need to do it. Stay here with us. Glad you're alive. Suicide Buddies on Feral Audio. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Hampton Yunt. Wait, um, really? As always, thank you all for listening so far. All the responses we've been getting from people have been amazing. Both like reviews on iTunes. Please review and uh, rate us five stars. Always five stars every time. <laughs> Tell your friends. Yeah, subscribe to it. I'm a five star bitch for sure. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Anything less than five stars and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped the pod. Yeah. First four-star review, we're off. <laughs> we're done. Off the internet. So, man. yeah, police your friends. Yeah, this is a hostage negotiation for our very careers. And also emails. We've been getting a bunch of emails at buddiesbuddiesbuddies at gmail.com. Those have been great to go through. I still have to respond to some, but man, they've been really fun. Yeah, we already have so many that we know we're not going to be able to respond to all, but we will fairly soon, I think. I think we should start, like reading one every now and then when the emails are people that are like relating to what we're talking about so guys tone down the erotic fan fiction you write of Dave and I totally and then we can read these things uh, you know but we the families listen to this podcast together if we get enough erotic emails we will blow each other on the podcast we will release a found novel of all the collected stories yeah oh and it's a lot of stories man you could have a whole moth. I don't know, man. I, I teased I, Dave from across <laughs> the room when I played with my shirt <laughs> playfully. Is that you telling a, a story of the moth I've about never us turned fucking? A, I've never turned anybody on. <laughs> yeah, never once. You, we're at your house where you live with your girlfriend. Yeah, it's never. You've never had sex? No. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> No, I understand. I'm bad, Dave. I'm bad at it. Yeah, in that you can't. What's the problem? What's the problem? What's your problem? I never learned. (laughs) What does that even mean? I never learned. you never learned sex? I'm illiterate. Oh, I'm I sex see. illiterate. Okay. I'm sex I'm sex lexic. And so I just imagine that <laughs> sex lexic, I put my like, dick in my own ass. <laughs> sex lexic. <laughs> it's a problem, Dave. <laughs> Oh I'm my god! I could not I love that and the more. The kids I keep having <laughs> would not adapt. You think an ass is a dick? <laughs> Sex lexic. <laughs> well, there it is, oh, folks. Man. The dumbest the pod has gotten yet. I'm gonna be giving myself a trophy. Oh, sorry, this. I'm sexlexic. Ah, oh, sorry. So yeah, sorry me. I'm into feet, but also I think a foot is a butt. <laughs> Why won't you shit? I'm just staring at your feet. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna shit. I'm gonna shit. I'm shitting. I'm shitting. <laughs> This is a great character. Oh, man. Why won't man, Matt TV hire I'm going to make you shit. This is easily funnier than Miss Swan or Baby, Stewart. you're going to shit so hard. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to be the hardest you ever shit. <laughs> I made her shit three times last night, man. Guys, this is a mental health <laughs> podcast. I keep saying we're described as that. I'm like, is that? I mean, we really should stress we have zero medical training. Oh, yeah. At all. I mean, I've well, put down do. some some animals, but I'm not, I'm not trained. You've put down some animals? I'm joking around. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, 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 no. What? <laughs> <laughs> you, you kill animals? 
Um, yeah, this is unrelated. No official medical training. No, totally. We yes, don't trust us ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we have some insight, but yes, you know, if you're if you're depressed, we uh, we cannot stress enough to go to therapy. I we both yeah. go to therapy. It's so helpful and great. Yeah, uh, if you and you know what's funny is also I think a lot of people have been saying like cuz I've been checking comments and like people bring it up but then it's like I think there's a concern of like, like cost. And I think you'd be yeah. surprised how cheap it can be. Dude, my therapist, I um, I started going to her. There's this place, the Maple Counseling Center. I think I've talked about it on the show before. It's uh, it's great. If you're in L.A., it's great. You go, you do an intake appointment, and then at the intake appointment, they just like figure out what uh, therapist you would be paired with well, but then also what your monetary situation is. And they're all grad students. They're like studying for their Ph.D. Um, so... It's cheap for that reason. Yeah. It's on a graded scale. And I paid 25 a month. And then my therapist now is a has her PhD, and I'm still with her, and she kept the price the same. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then, you know, whenever I, I, I ideally, I will have more money at some point in my life, and whenever that happens, I will, like, pay her as much as I can. You just have to not reveal it in the sessions. Like, if you do come into a windfall of yeah. money, you're just like, oh, and I got this gold car I got to just deal with for no reason specifically. I'm so broke. I'm so broke. <laughs> Ooh, You've yikes. got a nice tuxedo on in the, in the therapy session. Ooh, so broke. And you like start dabbing your head with a hundred dollar bill. Ooh, 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 who's broken here? Me. Who's a bad boy with money? Uh, I'm so broke. I'm hot. <laughs> anyway, Man. I want to fuck my dad. <laughs> let's, let's breeze past that. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, like uh, it's, it's very cheap. You know, you can get a punch card and uh, if you get seven sessions they give you the eighth one yeah it's a you free get a trip free to the personality disorder <laughs> 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 they lock you away yeah if you get seven symptoms you get the eighth one for free <laughs> um speaking of therapy you're gonna need some after this how about that segue, this is huh? some Fraser hentai, folks. <laughs> we're gonna describe some Fraser hentai no I had this like idea for a dumb song years ago and just like a few days ago I just like was bored and started editing it and I'm gonna play it it has absolutely nothing to do with suicide <laughs> except they will make you kill yourself um and uh yeah but you know what in, if dude. you need a winter jam this is a good this is a good way to get a winter jam yeah dude headphones oh, bro oh yeah yeah headphones gotta put your headphones in Hampton come on man yeah I'm just gonna play this it's uh it doesn't matter at all um let's see also, there's definitely a lot of copyright problems, but it's there's samples. Uh, Jay Z, so really Ludacris is on this. Kanye, kind of. Cardi B. the song start <laughs> yeah it's all my favorite songs put together I like that it's all the best parts of songs yeah the only it's good parts of all the best parts <laughs> it's like if you just ate filet mignon all the time yeah dude and lobster that's what the song is it's surf and turf well, I mean, that's basically it. That's about it. Well, I mean, I guess it's over in like 10 seconds, but you guys get it. 
is a vampire. <laughs> so yeah, that's something that I did with my time. <laughs> Um, it's, been, it's my new favorite song. <laughs> yeah, I was saying over the music, but I wasn't sure if it was recording. Is that it's all the best parts of songs? Oh, it was recording, man. It's just the best parts. <laughs> yeah, dude. I all think, sewn together. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to make a song. The original idea, I was just going to make a song completely comprised only of the acapella parts of songs on the radio but then pretty quickly i was like this needs to have a beat because this sounds like trash and it really i wish i had a copy of that still of just a whole beat that's just like it's been uh, it sounded awful there's a comic who made some like he makes like a now that's what i call music sort of thing where it's it's every song where right up until the hook and then the hook is always like, it's been long <laughs> yeah. way that's uh so Nate like, Fernald the world is out yeah it's been long way such a long time I'm like that's pretty good <laughs> oh uh, yeah God. yeah yeah someone had introduced me to that yeah well and then dude do you know Joe McAdam no he's so funny and he I wish I had this queued up he did this whole thing where like when that movie Godzilla the Godzilla movie came out in the 90s hmm. there was a uh, brain stew Green Day's Brain Stew Godzilla remix <laughs> and all it was was the same song with Godzilla roaring over it <laughs> and so Joe made a Godzilla remix of like a hundred fucking songs it's hilarious every single time <laughs> does Godzilla have the time <laughs> that's pretty awesome what if they were also like um you know when they made American Idiot and they're like George Bush sucks and Godzilla sucks <laughs> they're both ruining the United States I felt like they were is, wait to- is that your impression of Green Day <laughs> yes me- <laughs> during the American Idiot phase I felt they were really trying to sound British yeah they always did even though they're from yeah. San Francisco right yeah no, Palmdale <laughs> <laughs> Some so many bands suburb of you know California. who's from Palmdale Afro Man yeah, I love yeah. that dude. Me too, Afro man. Afro Man is underrated. He should have won a couple Grammys. Is he good? You're, are you being serious? I fucking love that record. Really? I love that record. No way. Out. Dude, there's like so many funny the songs one with, on there. But then I got high. <laughs> that song? I mean, that's his, That's his. you know, uh, uh, no sympathy for the devil. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, man. That's his Sergeant Pepper's that's his, for sure. That's his huge, you know, track. I do know another song from him, and it Any goes... Any song uh, co-signed by Jay and Silent Bob, dude? <laughs> Didn't he? That's a cool song. Didn't he have a song that was the chorus was exactly to the tune of "Row, Row, Row Your Boat"? And it went, "Yeah, I know." Row, row, roll a joint. Pick out the seeds and stems. Getting high as hell, riding through Palmdale, skating on dating yeah, rims. Yeah. Dude, this is like literally my high school experience. Dude, was, wait. I I didn't even smoke pot. I fucking lo- found that what? record hysterical. You lo- oh he, yeah, because it was funny. In okay. that fucking song, he talks about like. <laughs> fucking a white girl and then her clan father beats the shit out of him or something and then he like kills him or something it's like the fucking most hysterical album. in the high song no, or the roll your joint row 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 your joint I mean that's pretty that's pretty catchy oh yeah I wonder where he came up with that <laughs> it's definitely catchy it's one of the catchiest songs of all time oh wait here's a new Afro Man uh, single A B C D smoke some weed <laughs> <laughs> he just does all children's songs. <laughs> oh my god, oh, dude. dude! The cherry on the joint I know. goes I round and round. <laughs> I, I can't, de- I can't defend it. But at the time, I thought it was so hysterical. Dude, I think it's fine to like whatever you like. You just don't strike me as an Afro man guy. I wouldn't have ever pegged you that dude, way. I'll tell you what. He's the only hip hop I've ever liked. <laughs> what I really. <laughs> Dude, Keith Olbermann did say that about Eminem when he did yes, the... Yes, I know. I, I think that's... A, like, shut dude, up. Afro Man and the Eminem <laughs> Trump diss rap are the only hip-hop I've ever liked. Um, have you heard Afro Man? He just brings it up at the dinner table. African-American man? African man? <laughs> African me. hair man? Have you heard African uh, hair man? <laughs> <laughs> the cool granddad at the Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, hey, have you heard this? It was big. Afro puff man? Dude, I hope he's okay, honestly. Afro man? I, yeah, I hope he's doing good because I mean, I hate, I, I honestly always feel so bad for like, I don't want to say one hit wonders because I thought the whole album was great, but I mean. I'll bet you the Afro man it teaches music at Palmdale High School. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hello, uh, I am your Professor African Hairman. <laughs> Professor African Hairman. <laughs> Hey, um, Aren't you Afro Man? <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, Mr. Afro Man? Uh, God damn it, dude. That's funny. <laughs> uh, what was also, this song, Because I Got High, the thing that I really loved about that song was that it was actually like a lesson about how you shouldn't get so high. Like, by the yeah. end, he was like, and I ruined my life because I got high. Yeah. It was like... That was kind of cool, I guess. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. It wasn't cool. It was the opposite of cool. He like it was well, so weird. Okay. You know what is even weirder to me? Like to me, someone who's literally selling albums at the time out of like your your trunk and mm-hmm. shit, which is what he was doing. That makes sense to me to make a song like that. Like I've literally ruined my life. But like Kid Rock when he made his thing, like and people who haven't even made a cent yet, they're like, I'm going platinum. Yeah. <laughs> it's like who? Why? Why? Yeah. Because oh well, luckily it worked out. Dude, yeah, I have some friends who are rappers and they like, you know, on their records, they're just like, I'm undebatable. I'm <laughs> yeah, top of my game. And dude, it's like, dude, I know like like you. Underground rappers who would like sample a helicopter sound. And it's like, wait, like you own a helicopter? Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> the Z Boys are back in Baltimore. <laughs> My, my name's Money Diamonds because I got diamonds in money. I'm like, you pay $400 in rent. I know you do. Well? Well, I got high. <laughs> that's, that's what happened to you. That's what happened to him. That's what happened to that generation, really. You want to get into this uh, yeah, suicide? Man. Let's do it, man. Tease it. Hell yeah, dude. This week, we talked about this a lot. Uh, numerous episodes in the past. We're doing Asia Wevel this week. The uh, final <laughs> chapter. Undebatable. That was actually Asia Wevel. Uh, that was one of her poems. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the final chapter in the Sylvia Plath trilogy. I wish that we could have a fourth one about Ted Hughes because he was such a fucking piece of shit. I would love to talk about <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit he was. Okay, well, we could expand the trilogy by way of doing a, a prequel. We'll get um, Tolkien but, on the line. Okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, Ted Hughes did not kill himself. The biggest, <laughs> the one who caused all of it lived a very long life. All right, we'll be back in a sec. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Asia Wevel, um, who, like I said, we brought up a bunch before. Asia Wevel, um, in 1969, in her home in London, um, taped off the windows and doors in her kitchen, uh, opened the gas oven, turned the gas on. She had brought a mattress in there. Dissolved sleeping pills into water and gave that to her four-year-old daughter, Shura. Took sleeping pills herself and then asphyxiated both herself and her four-year-old daughter. All right. That's the beginning of the story. Yeah. <laughs> now check out where it goes. And then she was born. <laughs> yeah. She woke up in a dream inside a dream. Yeah, man. That's, that's so dark. It's so dark. It's especially dark uh, when you think about like the fact that the reason this is the end of a trilogy is Asia Wevel is the woman Ted Hughes was cheating on Sylvia Plath with when Sylvia Plath killed herself. And the way that Sylvia Plath killed herself was by sticking her head in an oven and asphyxiating herself. The difference is that Sylvia Plath put her, like, taped off the room she was in with her kids in another room. Mm-hmm. She didn't want her kids Mother to die. of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kill yourself. Good mom. Rich mom, poor mom. This is the difference. Uh, in, in how you are supposed to properly kill yourself. I couldn't, I searched so hard, I couldn't find Asiuel's suicide note, but uh, she did write a note to her father telling him she was going to kill herself. And in the note, she said, here's the quote, I have lived on the dream of living with Ted 
and this has gone kaput. There could never be another man. Never. And she also told him that Shura was too old to be adopted and didn't want her to grow up alone uh, as an orphan or as a foster child. And that's oh. why she was killing her child. Oh, so she is good, good mom. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. She is super mom. Welcome to the Good Mom Cast. A <laughs> <laughs> <Our> mom cafe. <laughs> she also wrote in her diary three days before she killed herself, execute yourself and your little self efficiently. What? So here's the thing. I... I have gone back and forth in my head about whether it's okay or not that I continuously refer to the people in this story as dramatic. <laughs> like, is that reductive of them? And I think, I think it sort of is. It sounds like I'm calling a woman crazy. But here's the thing. Well, they this are is people, extreme. Yes. They really were all of these people, including Ted Hughes, uh, everyone involved in the story was just... They just wanted their lives to be epic. The, every single thing they did was adding drama and epicness to their life that didn't need to be there. Hmm. I'm going to give a little bit of background on Asia because that's exactly what her life was like. First of all, it started in an epic way. She, when she was six uh, is when the Nazis took over Germany and they escaped to Tel Aviv. And uh, in wait, yeah, totally. Uh, which wasn't <laughs> Out of Israel the fire. yet. Yeah, it was still Palestine okay. and owned by the UK. Uh, and uh, but they like you know they hated Germans there and Jews there too. So um, they were always scared. She fell in love with the idea of the UK and wanted to move to Britain. So she married a British soldier named John Steele. That was literally his name. And then. He wanted to emigrate. John Steele, the American? Uh, no, British. He British. was a British soldier. Oh, sorry. John Steele. Um, huh. And he wanted to move to Canada instead of moving to England, so she tried to kill herself. Oh, no. She was, like, so overwrought about the idea of not going to England, which was the whole reason she did this, that she tried to kill herself. I mean, if um, I had to go to Canada... I know it sucks up there. Man. I would, I would absolutely Dude, kill myself. Toronto, all that free healthcare, and they could try and resuscitate me with that free healthcare, but no way, no dude. way, dude. Not I'll just kill that. myself again. Oh, I'm gonna die with valor. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I want to die with valor in Canada, <laughs> Hampton Young, uh, and uh, so they, yeah. So she's in Canada. She goes to the University of British Columbia, um, and uh, while she was there, I read this thing that was so weird. She apparently had a great deal of abortions in her life. Huh. Uh, and the only reason that really matters is that it sort of indicates like just how many times she had sex with someone she wasn't supposed to have sex with. Because she got married three times before she even met Ted Hughes. And she would constantly cheat on those people. Like, what okay, if she just likes abortion? That's a good point. I mean, it could, you're calling her clumsy, which is anti-woman. Am I I'm calling saying, her clumsy? I'm saying she just likes abortion. Which is her right. I literally did not call her clumsy. <laughs> I think he said, whoopsie. No, whoopsie. She had a couple of abortions. Yeah, I mean, what I, I think probably it's obvious that I'm pro-choice and a woman's body and everything about it. Considering uh, I wish I was aborted, I'm pro-choice. Yeah. I wish I could get an abortion. I wish you I know could. what I mean? So bad. A looper is the... The time travel abortion. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it's not to derail completely. Her second husband was named Richard Lipsy. Uh, oh, gay. No, she sorry. met him. Yeah, he was gay. Anyway, end of podcast. <laughs> um, they met in Canada, but he wanted to go to the London School of Economics, and she was like, "Hell yeah!" So they went to England together. But oh. then they were like low on money, even though he was from a wealthy family, and uh, they had to live in a basement apartment. Uh, and that she just hated him for that. Thought she deserved more. So when she met David Wevel, she just mm. fucked him, and then went home and told her husband how good the sex was. <laughs> With David Wevel. That's a really cool move. It's crazy, man. I mean, that's so, so, that's so tight. So ballsy. Uh, She's cucking her husband yes. mid-1800s. Absolutely. And then they uh, they got a divorce. And then when they after they got divorced, Richard Lipsy, he got a new girlfriend. And then she couldn't handle the idea that, she, that he got over her. So she started calling their house every night and harassing and tormenting them. And at some point, literally stabbed him in the streets with a Burmese knife she had bought on vacation with David Wevel. 
So, um, so she's cool. Is an unwell person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, but I feel like by modern day standards, she'd be like in a punk rock band. <laughs> you know, she would. Look, I'm not. <laughs> she would have been in the Runaways or something. I'm not saying it's not punk. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying before punk happened, which is the first feminist movement. Right. I guess you could say that this is feminist of her (laughs) to stab her ex-husband in the streets. No, I mean, it sounds it sounds crazy for sure. I mean, that's extreme uh, circumstances going on there. Yeah, she had that's an extreme of, it's like life. Nine, it's like uh, 90210, Beverly Hills. Also, apparently her father um, told her that she deserved to have a like really beautiful emotional life and like taught her to be dramatic and emotional and so when she was a kid if she didn't get her way she would like flip out and fall on the floor and scream and like pound the ground and stuff uh yes queen <laughs> that's that's so fucking funny it's so funny yeah i know so okay like out of cartoons do people still do that i guess that you see kids do that what do you mean like throw yourself on the ground yeah people definitely still do that i mean not adults yes <laughs> well maybe some adults like if you didn't want to be arrested by the cops you're just like no we no, don't want it <laughs> i don't want i don't like handcuffs i don't want to pay my taxes no <laughs> and you just crumple on the floor no and you just kick up with your legs no no if anybody tries to get i'm not gonna pay my taxes no <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. We've never had this happen with an adult before. I guess before. you don't have to pay your taxes then. Yay! <laughs> Can I have dessert? <laughs> yes. It's the IRS giving them pie. Yeah. Oh, we've got pie. It's the taxes we want. <laughs> You're going to have all the pie you want just when you pay your taxes. Uh, no. no. Oh, man. Okay, so the way that Asia Wevel, so Asia married David Wevel, and then they were looking for a place to live in 1961, and they rented out Sylvia Plath and Ted Hughes' place, and they all became friends. Um, but also, Ted fell in love with Asia Wevel right away, and he wrote this about her later, this poem. We didn't find her, she found us. She sniffed us out. She sat there, slightly filthy with erotic mystery. I saw the dreamer in her. Had fallen in love with me and she did not know it. That moment the dreamer in me fell in love with her and I knew it. I'm telling you, this guy was garbage, man. He was such a bad guy. Wait, were those Nickelback lyrics? <laughs> where, did, where did that come from? That was so bad. Dude, I know. That was like, literally like, look at this photograph. The dreamer, also just, the dreamer in her had fallen in love with me and she did not know it. The dreamer said her had fallen in love with me but she did not know it. Oh yeah, here's the last line. The last line is, uh, look at this photograph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have it's a right. photograph. Oh, I'm, back, I'm back in. <laughs> that's good then. Um, now that's what I call poetry. Then in 1960. <laughs> We've talked about this on a previous episode how, like, poetry was emo. That's what it was. Like, yeah. if you were an emo kid, you were a poet or into poetry. If you were a stand-up comic or an emo kid, you were a fucking poet. That is so funny. Oh, God. E.E. E. Cummings was Fallout Boy. Yes, he was. Dude, and Dylan so, Thomas was Metallica. You think you're so clever? Wait, what? Oh, just, they both think they're so clever. Fallout Boy? Yes. Do they think they're clever? <laughs> I think they think they thought they were clever. Oh, boy. Yeah. That sucks for them, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess it sucks to, it does. to not actually be clever. To have that, <laughs> such a misconception of who you are as people. Because, look, yes. I, no, that's, that's true. I, it's very true. It just blows, man. That's awful. <laughs> to be that deluded. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you like Fallout Boy, you like Fallout Boy. But I don't think any of Fallout Boy's fans is like, these people are clever as fuck, dude. <laughs> I think they did. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. And I think E.E. E. Cummings thought he was clever by being like, I'm moving the words around the page. <laughs> I made my, my name in lowercase. <laughs> like, it's the exact same smugness of being like, look at how clever I'm being. And Fallout Boy was like, look how long the title of this song is. <laughs> did, did I just mention humanism in a song? I'm clever. 
Wow, I didn't. I don't nothing about Fall Out Boy. I didn't Fall realize. Boy. I mean, it's it's all over that. But I'd say you know, like they name themselves after a Simpsons character. Yeah, it's yeah. like just go fuck yourselves and fall down a well. <laughs> God damn! In that order, this took such a well, dramatic now I'm turn. Taking your side, Dave. I no, tried, I, I tried to say at least that they just think they're clever, but now you've made me really hate them. Okay, for, great for not being self-actualized. The one that always got me was Coheed and Cambria. Did they rule? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm getting the thumbs up from Aristotle. You don't understand, dude. People love all my friends love Coheed and Cambria, and I'm just like, just like you're not. Yeah, you recording this friends. on top of a fucking mountain. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> so just like, it's so just oh, like, day. It's, the, it's like Iron Maiden. It's if, the same if fucking I can't thing. Man. Sing a rock song to my spaceship on top of a mountain <laughs> on Saturn. I'm not oh, a man. man. You're isn't a beta there, if you can't I, sing to a spaceship. Isn't there a whole thing that like didn't they release comic books that were yes. also telling the story? Yeah, and it was about this the man and woman who are trying to escape space demons on yeah. an ice. They have names. World. Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> when they were like... They have names. They Dave. were magic people who lived in space. <laughs> well, Led like, Zeppelin sings about fucking Frodo Baggins. Oh, here's shit. another thing. Led Zeppelin sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's, Dave, Dave does not fully speak Led for the Zeppelin podcast. Led Zeppelin sucks, All right, dude. all right. We're going to really... <laughs> Let's just agree Nickelback fucking sucks. Nickelback and is back great. away from the table. <laughs> Name one Look song. Look at this photograph and tell me that they don't rule. I there isn't one single Nickelback song I don't love. <laughs> Every song they do makes me come, makes me rock. Have you seen makes the- me beat my family? <laughs> Have you seen the video of him getting hit in the head with a beer can? Yeah, that was awesome, dude. <laughs> so, and, oh, but the one where they just are, shit's getting thrown at him, and then they're like, "You know what? We're out of here!" <laughs> yeah. Like he just like it's like. I think he even before then he goes, "Who here wants to have a good time?" And the crowd's still and like, like, "Boo!" <laughs> and he's like, "All right, well, fine then." It was like the most like I'm grabbing my ball and going home. Yeah. I saw an interview with him where he uh, they were like, how'd you get the name Nickelback? And he was like, it might have even been Matt Pinfield. How'd you get the name, man? Nickelback. Crazy name. <laughs> fucked up name, dude. Uh, uh, What's your story? <laughs> uh, and he goes, oh, yeah. Well, I used to work across the street from a Starbucks. And I'll go there every day and I'll get the same drink and it cost four ninety five. And every day I'll give them a $5 bill and they would give me a Nickelback. And I was like, wow, dude, never tell Christ. people that story. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> I know. It's upsetting. <laughs> it's like <laughs> how... It honestly hey, made I, me I, like Isis, Coheed and Cambria Isis, a lot. If Isis, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, blow up that Starbucks <laughs> no with shit. Chad Kroger in there in that moment. Yeah, That's which the day Starbucks? we lost our freedoms. All right, which Starbucks do you think it was? It was someplace. <laughs> aren't they from Toronto or some shit? Never mind. Are they Canadian? I don't. I don't give a Nickelback. Fuck. Are they? I don't know. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, Asia Wevel killed herself and her child, <laughs> <laughs> which is as bad as Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I've never liked Coheed and Cambria, and I. I don't. I don't think Led Zeppelin sucks. But I am tired of them. I just want to clarify. Oh, my God. I have to clarify. Because, I'm, dude, people will email and be like, you know what, man? <laughs> listen. This is your impression of the listener. You know, listen, man. You uh, know, I've been listening for about four, five, six episodes. Uh, and this has been pretty cool. But when we hold off on Led Zeppelin, I was like, no way, bro. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Talk about crossing a line. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, man, just, but yeah, fuck that band. No. They're annoying. Um, They're great. So yeah, Sylvia Plath and Ted Hughes, and then David Wevel and Ossia Wevel became friends, and they would hang out a lot. And in 1962, the Wevels went to visit them because when this is actually important to know for the story, um, Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath moved to this town called Devon because uh, they bought a house there, and when they did that. That's why they were renting out their place, and Asia and David Wevel moved into their old apartment. Oh, whoa. So that's how they got to know each other. Um, the Wevels went to visit Ted and Sylvia Plath in uh, May 1962. And when they did that, uh, Asia fucked Ted later. Or they like. 
flirted or like made out in the kitchen and then later hooked up. But when they were leaving, Asia told her boss, uh, oh, I'm going to seduce Ted. Oh, no. So they left. She did seduce Ted. And then like however long later, they met in a hotel. And then she went literally when she went back to work, she told her co-workers that he is uh, violent and animal in bed. Uh, she loves to tell people how the sex was. Um, in October 1962, Ted told Sylvia about the affair, and he moved out. In 1963, Asia got pregnant, and not long after that, Sylvia Plath killed herself. Ooh. So then Asia got an abortion, um, and they said that the abortion was because of like the scandal of all of that uh -huh. but also there are all these quotes of Asya just being like I don't want to have kids kids are gross basically <laughs> yeah she does not seem like she'd be that great no she didn't old mom game. if your go to is uh, well if I'm going to kill myself clearly my daughter exactly would do better being dead apparently she was hanging out with a, a friend once who was breastfeeding her child and she said gross. to her quote how can you <laughs> let that thing chew your breast <laughs> Oh, that's either worse than what I said. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Ew. So Sylvia died. Ted moved Asia to Devon with him. And uh, so she was sleeping with Ted in the bed that he used to sleep with Sylvia in. And after six months, Ted decided that he needed time for himself. And he sent Asia back to London. And she moved into the house that Sylvia Plath killed herself in. Oh started God. sleeping in Sylvia's bed and like wearing her clothes and using her, her things. You know, as you do. <clears throat> and so now begins like, uh, this is, I'm just going to give a bunch of instances of things that happened between Asia and Ted. Because basically, what happened was... Ted slowly drove Asia insane. Mm -hmm. And she, granted, like, you hear she all these Sounds like events. she's on the edge already. She's already on the edge, too. But Ted is not helping. He's gaslighting. He, oh, man. In the <laughs> biggest way possible. Um, Dave, I think he's guilty of gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the time of Mad Men or whatever. And that's so. That's just something that happened. She moves into the house. She's alone in this house where Sylvia Plath killed herself and becomes obsessed with Sylvia and is only communicating with Ted by letter. Okay. Um, and wh while that's happening in 1964, she finds out Ted is cheating on him, on her with a woman. Uh, during that time, she sends him a letter that said this, I'm convinced you have mayhemed my life. You've left me with a rubbishy life with nothing to salvage. The only revenge I can take on you is to go to bed with any attractive man who asks me to hurt your sensations out of my body, if not out of my mind or blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, getting your groove back. Yeah, she was. So, Asya got her groove, groove back. back. So, Asya had to go down to Havana. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's so funny that she fucking, throughout the entire process, keeps telling dudes. Yeah. By the way, I dudes. fucked all your friends. <laughs> like, I love you, honey. <laughs> she. She constantly threatened to fuck other people, constantly threatened to leave him, constantly threatened uh, what to kill herself. What a powerful um, uh, like weapon you know it is of just like not wanting someone to cheat on you. <laughs> no shit. Like you can really like if they really like are attached to you, you can just so destroy someone's absolutely you know, brain. man. Well, it doesn't really sound like. Ted was that affected. I mean, throughout his entire life, he cheated on whoever he was with, uh, and he cheated on her so much. He, he so he cheated on her constantly, and he wouldn't marry her, and he kept moving her around. Like he, uh, they would communicate by letter, and then he would like move her back into his place. And uh, they eventually had a kid named Shura, and she kept it. Uh, you already know about that because she killed that kid when it was four years old. Um, and then she like he moved because what was happening was Ted's parents were old and sick, and he was really worried about them. So oh he, fuck that! Yeah, <laughs> like what? Exactly. The one thing you have empathy for is your shitty parents that made you the shitty person. Exactly. And they because Ted cheated on Sylvia with Asia. Ted's parents hated Asia, and Whoa. his father refused to look her in the eye or speak to her. 
So at a certain point, Ted like moved. That's a power move. Asia sure. and Shura into the house with his parents after they had lived in Ireland for like a year and had this like weird idyllic existence with because he also had two kids by Sylvia. So they when they were in Ireland, right. they would like grow vegetables. I read all this stuff about it. it was like they grew vegetables and he would go fishing and they would write by the, the daisies. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, ah, my mom's sick. We got to go back to the house and they're going to be mean to you. Right. And uh, I, and also while that was happening, he constructed a hut in the backyard of a his house. A pizza hut? A pizza hut. <laughs> and so that's pizza hut! <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> All the kids in the neighborhood come by. Yeah. It's coolest dude in the world. What if this whole trilogy was the story of how Pizza Hut got started? <laughs> so he started a Pizza Hut in his backyard. <laughs> uh, no, he like made a, built a hut for him to write in so he didn't have to write in the house. He would be inspired Ooh, back there. Mark Maron. And he was writing this collection of poetry <laughs> called Crow that was about Sylvia Plath's suicide. Uh, so he would be in this hut all day. Whacking uh, it. Whacking it. Eating pizza. And <laughs> <laughs> writing his weird erotica. Again, it's like he's going to the shed to jag off and write bad songs about his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Who is it that has the stand-up bit about how a lot, a lot of things got invented in history because men had to hide their jerking off from their wives. <laughs> I don't know. Someone has this stand-up. I think bit. it's Steinfeld. Is it? Yeah. No, Brian Regan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely Brian Regan. Jeff Dunham. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan. Lisa Lampanelli has this bit. <laughs> uh, we should list more comedians. Who here is Jewish? <laughs> I don't know what her act is. She's just basically identifying all the races in the room and then just going, Saying, okay, I'll fuck you. So you're all here. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. No, she has that one really good special where she's like, you're like <laughs> you seem black, would you fuck me? You seem Asian, I'd fuck you. Yeah. That's good, though. That's actually be the best bit she's ever written. It's good and you wrote it. And I did write it. <laughs> and performed it. Uh, yeah, so... She's living in this house with these two people that won't talk to her, and then her husband, or not husband, her guy boyfriend who won't marry her, uh, who's in a her hut Ricky Gervais all the time, and um, in 1965 has this kid, and then she's like, so she's just taking care of these three kids and has no one to talk to, and then after a while of that, I shit you not, uh, Ted was like, okay, uh, actually, my mom's never going to get better with Asya in the house, so Asya has to move back to London again. <laughs> he just didn't treat her well. And this whole time, he wouldn't marry her at all, uh, which was especially awful because he married a woman named Carol Orchard right after Asya killed herself. Whoa. This guy, fuck, I don't know what the deal was. That was I, probably the real person he wanted, you know, like... You know, he's probably seeing her at least for but a while. But what's the psychology of that? I've actually never really understood, like, cheating Dude, and gaslighting. Dude, it's the game. It's the, oh, man. Dude, the uh, game? <laughs> is How? that really what it is? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, like... No, it could be. I imagine he's a huge piece of shit. I'm, I'm going to say at least maybe a tiny fraction of a product of his time, but I would say largely a gigantic, awful piece of shit. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. to, to do that kind of emotional manipulation is so beyond just like you wanting to um, fuck a lot. It's like you actively do not care if you, if people are killing themselves because of your bad behavior. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's on another level of socio. I, I doubt he's really capable of love and maybe that's attractive or something. I mean, or maybe yeah. he's capable of like a really insane kind of love. You know, I, I bet he's at least kind of emotionally violent. I will say the one <laughs> thing I do have empathy for him on is the fact that his wife committed suicide. And I will say like the one thing you could say is that one could lose their mind after their wife kills themselves. But didn't she kill but, herself because of him? And basically well, that's the other thing. Said it was because of you. He was already <laughs> she cheating. Like, she did not say that. No. Oh, no? Well, she, if you remember, like, that episode was, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. She had, um, she had also been suicidal her whole life. Yeah. Um, had tried to kill herself a few times, but but yes, also yes, that's why she was depressed for sure. I like yeah. the uh, the nineteen. This is nineteen sixties, right? Yes. Like, um, let's do a little scene study. Uh, you're like a, a wife coming to me, the husband, and just say like, uh, you're very sad about stuff. Honey, I'm sad. 
Mm, gross. That's for Dana. <laughs> yes, year to year, like, not wrong. I imagine it's very like, hmm. That's well, the thing. Let's not talk about that ever again. <laughs> I think we talked about this in the Sylvia Plath episode too, but yeah, there is this extra thing that's happening now where like because of the time this guy was able to just he was probably just telling everyone these people these women are crazy <laughs> while manipulating them and then every time they have a problem with him he's like yeah 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 but you're a woman so shut the fuck up I tell you Ted's having a real rough streak with the ladies it's like every woman he dates kills herself <laughs> you know it's like you know, Ted can't catch a break here you know Ted's a good guy you know it's just he, he's these cuckoo birds getting attracted to him I don't know what it is it's like they have a problem <laughs> with him wanting to attract more cuckoo birds <laughs> Ah, oh, man. You're way too good at that character. I'm sorry. I've been <laughs> studying that at a Juilliard for the last 20 years. He he did this one thing to Asia that I think is the, like, took her to Six Flags. It's a pit. <laughs> you did one nice thing, and he took her to Six Flags. <laughs> and uh, they rode the Superman ride, and it was the only time she was ever happy. Okay, end of the episode. <laughs> um, when he moved her back to London... Mm-hmm. He sent her, I want to get this terminology right. Um, he sent her a note that he called the draft constitution of house rules. <laughs> Dude. Okay, yeah, yeah. Huge piece of shit. Yeah. He's like commanding her what to do. They hear where. I should do that to my girlfriend, like write a fucking declaration of independence, <laughs> a constitution about the house. <laughs> Amendment 14. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't know what I'd want. I, you know, it's funny that really fizzled immediately because I have no terrorist demands to make. Of course you don't. Wait. You're not a Whoa. monster. Is the Declaration of Independence just a list of like terrorist demands? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Dude, we were founded by ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> we were. White ISIS, dude. <laughs> white ISIS. That's the name of my band. Hey, what's up? We're white ISIS. We're white ISIS. <laughs> That's no longer cool. <laughs> Um, here's what here's some of the rules she couldn't stay in bed after 8am she couldn't wear her dressing <laughs> gown around the house and she wasn't allowed to take a nap she had to play with the children for at least an hour a day she had to mend their clothes and supervise their bathing and teeth cleaning and bedtimes she had to teach them German and introduce one meal a week with a quote recipe we have never had before wait but when's she gonna have time to skateboard and Ted was <laughs> exempt from cooking except in emergencies wait wait what <laughs> wait Ted was exempt from cooking yeah. in case of emergencies yeah Ted both my arms are broken <laughs> please boil some noodles <laughs> nah, nah, nah not, you're not gonna die. Not gonna Cook die. it with your feet, you Use asshole. Feet. Uh, that's that's actually really funny. He sounds like Tim Allen. He does sound like Tim Allen. <laughs> sounds like, uh? yeah. yeah. I've got a list of rules. Uh, well, I'm going to be back there in my man's hut. This is the last man standing in this household. Goddamn, my kids are going to learn German. <laughs> Dude. I love that. I mean, but also, I would also say, like, um, was she an author? Like, what was her job? She like, worked in advertising. Do? She oh. was an aspiring poet, but you can't really find any of her poetry because she wasn't published. She wasn't. She, oh, was, shit. she painted and wrote poetry and wanted to do it professionally but never really did punk band made a demo never went further exactly so she had to keep her job at Jack in the Box <laughs> dude we have to do like the the like uh, white trash version of like this story that just plays out same beats oh sure who would that be yeah what we'll, would we'll find them the problem is that like oh man I it's it's so this story is just not fun. It's just the story of a woman, a man destroying multiple women's lives. Yeah, I mean we wish this was the suicide of Ted Hughes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems to be this uh, woman who was just a pawn in his shitty romance life. Uh no, I mean uh, that that story is is like kind of insane and I mean it's 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 interesting that it kind of needed to be a three episode, you know, arc. Like every one of those stories had to be told in its own, yeah. you know, framework. And it's weird how it's like they all touch each other and stuff. But it's like, I don't know. Um, it, 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 there were no other suicides in the family. Like, did it kind of just end there? As far as I can this? tell, yes. Um, Frida, who is the other son, uh, daughter, the other child of Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath, is still alive. 
Oh. Um, Nicholas Hughes killed himself. Ted Hughes died of cancer, but she's still alive. Um, and good. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's on a sitcom on TBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frida Hughes. Uh, that's the name of the show. Frida Hughes can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> uh, don't really understand the name. Uh, it doesn't seem like much of a pun at all. Kevin James is is there. He's there. I mean, he's he doesn't talk, but he's there. I love that show. Kevin James can wait. That'd be great—a show where Kevin James is just always in the background. Dude, did you know about that show? <laughs> Picked up for eight seasons. That the fans of Kevin Can Wait were like, wait, why isn't his wife the wife from King of Queens? <laughs> to such an extent that at the end of the first season, they killed that woman off and brought Leah Ramini uh, into the show. <laughs> that is so fucking me. It's so crazy. <laughs> they like mafia whacked the wife. I don't know how she got program. killed in the show. That's but. funny because I was I, I saw like a snippet of that show and I was like, Leah Ramini, like what the f- did they just <laughs> redo King of Queens? They, like, yeah. It blew my mind and uh, that's so funny that you say that. I mean, that's the power of Scientology, dude. Well, the thing is she the, went back the woman who got <laughs> killed was Frida Hughes <laughs> so there you are Asia wrote this letter to him once she wrote uh, I wrote you a business letter this morning through my throat I'm writing this through my esophagus my throat a huge and growing wound I'm writing to your big hands to the lovely inside of your wrists to your best tempered eyes to your brains not at all and I'm not writing from my brain but from well below my esophagus I want to know whether you want to mend us because you still love me because you still feel the animal thing between us the sight of me in that awful bed must have been pretty unappealing or maybe you want me as your child keeper only I still have absolute hopes that we can build a happy loving life together I know that I can still love you fully with all my faculties and my body and my life my darling Ted open up again open out to me as you used to my love So far, everybody but you and I have been dictating our lives. We need to be alone to recover from our intolerable. I feel so full of love to you at your sweet best. I admire you and I am frightened at the power you have over me. No man has ever had this power over me as a woman. Whoa. Yeah, in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Slam, slam, slam. Jeez, man. I mean, uh, intense writing. So intense. Yeah. Intense people, intense writing, intense lives. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on... I wonder if she was maybe more talented than, you know, she ever got a chance to let out. It seems like it. Everything I've, like, read of her, just what she wrote to Ted was so well written. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, someone can come in your life and just be like uh, a hurricane of emotion and... And fuck you up. And th- I'd say the real lesson is to, um, you know, it sounds simplistic, but it's like there are those people in your life who are going to come in who basically don't love you and basically treat you like shit. And, um, and you want them to love you so you know badly. What? And, you, and you're going to tell yourself, no, they do love me, but they don't. They don't. It, it is actually trusting your gut in that situation is the best thing. Because if you even feel like the person doesn't love you, that takes, the, you know, some hard analyzation on top of it. You know, like, you have to really analyze that sort of feeling. Oh, man, I've been there so many times, dating someone for a long time, and the whole time just thinking, like, if I could just do this differently, they'll like me. And, like, wondering why I feel bad all the time and why the person is distant and why I'm, like, anxious and desperate. And the answer was uh, they didn't like me. Yeah, I think, you know, the the misconception you can have is if someone's just with you it's impl- and you said you love each other, that it's implied they just still love you and it's still, yeah. like, you know, like, they're in it 100%. Yeah. But it's like... I don't know. Are they being really shitty and awful to you? Like, you know, is this person constantly cheating on you and rubbing your face in it and making your whole life, you know, awful yeah. and not allowing you to progress? Then it's like you you really just need to, like, fucking kick that boy to the curb. Yeah. Or girl. Or girl. Or boy. Or girl. <laughs> I just wanted to. Yeah. Other experiences too, if man. If someone's not treating you like a million bucks, then, you know, yeah. you got to get rid of them. 
<laughs> that you gotta harsh, get them out of here. I mean, they gotta at least. You gotta me. manipulate yeah. them until they kill themselves. Well, it's not like somebody has to be like you know completely nice all the time or be you know like that. But it's like um, they have to treat you with some sort of respect. You know what I mean? If somebody's trampling all over yeah. your self-respect, then that's they clearly Man. do not have your best interests at heart, dude. I've had so many. Like I had a big. It took me a really long time to realize that I get to choose who I hang out with. And I think for a lot of people that does seems like the simplest thing. But yeah. I like I would have friend I'm saying like I would have friends that treated me like shit. I had this group of friends. They treated me like shit. And I hung out continued to hang out with them. And it was like explaining that is so difficult because why would you do that? You just shouldn't do that. Screech did it in uh, Saved Save by the Bell. Yeah. And he, he became their hero. He just took abuse, man. <laughs> no, no, you mean, really, you had that? Where, like, oh, a dude, for a long time. Just shit on you? Yeah, and it was like, I guess in my mind, they were... Yeah, when I was younger, I was so desperately down on myself. And so, like, I mean, that's like the most suicidal part of my life, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that, like, well, I'm... It, it's so intrinsic for me. It's so deep in my brain, the low self-esteem, the fact that I'm worthless, that I didn't even consciously feel it. I had to like go to yeah. therapy to dig it out and figure and know that about myself. But I would just like subconsciously be like, well, I'm worthless and garbage and these people will hang out with me and I don't want to be alone. So I need to hang out with them because they're the only people that will ever hang out with me because I'm such garbage. Yeah, I think that's... Pretty interesting because friends are, are like hard to make and hard to keep and everything. And there's so much nuance to that. But then I think the extra level is when it's romance, you know, when you're dealing with those sort of feelings, because then it's like, it's so much more passionate, like associated. Totally. With it. You know, it's like, there's so many more expectations too. Yeah. And then expectations not being met is like the biggest thing that'll upset you in a relationship for yeah. sure. I think it's easy to assume that everyone in your life who's there right now is just, you know, well, that's the best it can be. That's the best situation I can have around me. Yeah. But, it, you know, because that's all I've ever known. And, man, they're just not working as hard as they could. But, man, if they all just were suddenly nicer, this would all be working so great. Yeah. <laughs> that's just it's, never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Most people really can't change too much. Yeah. You know, certain levels they can change, but I mean, it's like... The sad reality is that sometimes mm. calling someone out, sometimes being like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. That makes people change. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't matter. You can't wait around for that to happen. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, that's the, you know, that's the catch-22 is like, yeah. the minute you fucking grow a spine and tell people that you're like, hey, fuck you, I'm worth something, then they suddenly go, wait, you're worth something? Well, now I want exactly. it. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, but you have, the only way that thing has any intrinsic value is if you never cash in that currency. <laughs> yeah. You have to build your self-respect, you know, inside yourself and never go to other people to validate it. There's also just a really basic thing that I try to remember which is like, if something feels bad. <laughs> it's the bad, yin-yang symbol. I just try to remember that. <laughs> the cross, Jesus on the cross. I just try to remember that. That Jesus died for our sins and that, that I just find solace never, in that. Whenever I get bummed out, I just think about the yin-yang symbol. <laughs> and I remember how, yeah, it really is black and white. <laughs> Everything is black and white. And the yin-yang twins. <laughs> I think about them. <laughs> uh, I, um, what was I saying? I don't remember. What you think about to give you inner peace oh I it's a very simple thing that I don't think we like we don't we don't I feel like we should teach our kids this if something feels bad you don't have to do it <laughs> and well like, we should definitely teach our child that. yeah <laughs> our child we will raise our yes. child to respect the bible even down to like if you're hanging out with someone, I think the simplest version of it is like if you're hanging out with someone and they're just being themselves and you hate it, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't hang out with that person. And there it's not go. their fault. Yeah. You don't have to be like, fuck them. Yeah. You're just like, okay, well, this makes me feel bad. Uh -huh. So I should go to a situation that does not. 
Yeah, I would say exactly because I feel like the danger is then people think, okay, well then I have to bring it to their attention. Yeah, you don't. How shitty they are. It's like it's levels, you know. Like he, you really can't change people too much. It really, I think, like it's like you're saying, it takes a huge traumatic event for someone to suddenly be shocked out of their behavior. Yeah. Like you could break up with them, or someone could die, or they lose a job, or something, and they go, okay, holy fuck, I got to get sober, basically, you know. And so much of relationships are are pairing too. Like there's the getting sober thing. People definitely are abusive like Ted Hughes was, but I think a lot of times you're like mismatched and some people need varying levels of love and affection and alone time and together time and all that stuff. And like, if you don't hit the right levels, you can feel like you're being hurt or punished when the person isn't necessarily doing it on purpose. And I, I for a long time, like would, I want like a lot of those things in a relationship and I dated a lot of people that didn't and I would blame them in my mind and be like, they were yeah, actively yeah, yeah. pushing me and that wasn't fair. Uh, and that's why like you like, I, I do know like maybe not most people I don't know the amount of people but uh, many most of the people I interact most, with I most think Jews are not most Jews uh, <laughs> all, all, all Jews most Jews okay. oh. uh, yeah uh, five Bolivian people uh, one guy from Germany <laughs> um most people are not going out of their way to harm people. And then, like you said, when they realize it, they can be like, oh, shit. That's why this, this shit mm-hmm. with Ted Hughes is so maddening to me. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's no way he couldn't know that he was hurting people. That's what I'm saying. He sounds like the character who's got the no empathy. He's got the real problem going on. He sounds like either a complete sociopath or a narcissist. And oh, yeah. narcissist is probably... He just, like me 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 all the time like and that extended to his parents but i i'm really interested in the psychosis of someone who like he kept asia around all the time he had a child with her she raised his other two children refused to marry her i would have loved to just talk to this guy and like <laughs> get inside his brain at all i'm i don't i, I would have liked to, to marry the fucking cops on him <laughs> Well, absolutely. I think this guy should have gone to fucking prison or some shit. I agree. It sounds like he was probably terrorizing this woman. Absolutely. No, I mean, like, I just want to know what the fuck was happening in his mind at all. Because what... The psychology yeah. of it. Because yeah. then he married that other woman right after. So he's with this woman for what? Oh, Ted's got to settle down. He all these women keep killing the Right. Like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. It's about time I really hung up the old, <laughs> the old keys to the Camaro. Well, yeah, but I better marry her so I can cheat on her. I gotta have someone to cheat on. That was like his whole thing. All right, now if she kills herself, it's me. (laughs) If the third person goes, all right, then it's definitely me. (laughs) Also, who marries that guy? Oh, so you have uh, two... Two exes kill themselves, huh? I don't even think that ever would come up. I think that's something probably came up late into the marriage like if at all, I, I think it was common head. knowledge that Sylvia Plath killed herself. Was she like famous like that? Like everyone would know who she was and who Ted Hughes uh, I was. I guess I don't know. Ted Hughes was a poet laureate. Oh, so yeah. What makes you a laureate? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Is it like a lawyer for poets? Poems? I, so, I should have looked it up. Your honor, to be or not to be. Wow, I laureate think I just here. Like <laughs> I just won the court case. You just have to say to be or not to be, and then they're like, "Wow, this guy's good. This guy's amazing." <laughs> should saddle <laughs> well that was good man thanks oh dude that was amazing i it was so much <laughs> i'm glad that trilogy is over <laughs> yeah the hating women trilogy oh, of, of shitty ted hughes that was fun man yeah it was a good episode yeah and now we can go to more fun suicides after this <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> like 9-11 and the Titanic. <laughs> when that boat killed itself. Dude, that boat had a long life to live. <laughs> you killed yourself on your maiden voyage, man. Your first day at school. Titanic killed itself on the first day at school. <laughs> Got bullied by a glacier, dude. <laughs> yeah, the, bla- the glacier called the Titanic gay, and so it killed itself. The Titanic went home to his dad, and his dad was like, well... What were you wearing? <laughs> what were you doing? You know, in my day, we used to beat up a, a boat if he was gay. Fun fact, the Titanic's dad was the Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> you think I don't know? Shit, I blew up. I blew up. I did not blow up for this. <laughs> I blew up. 
<laughs> you go out there and take your licks, son. Yeah. And take it, your licks. The Titanic's dad was the Hindenburg, and his mom was Amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that's an Adult Swim show. Hell yeah, dude! The um, Amelia Airport, Earhart marries the Hindenburg. Amelia Airport, Air, <laughs> Amelia Airport, <laughs> <laughs> less famous sister. <laughs> I work at the airport. <laughs> she just works at TSA or some shit. Hi. I collect the bags. Amelia Airport. <laughs> but but less less talked about was Amelia Airport. The famed T- TSA worker who got lost in the supply closet. She was never found again. Never found. Never found again. Out by the supply closet by the Orange Julius. She was never seen again. <laughs> the Bermuda Supply Closet. What? On, next on the Why Is This on a Newsreel footage. <laughs> also, this is being played in modern day. So, really, why? <laughs> Dude, there's just something about the phrase Amelia Airport that really makes me laugh. Also, sex lexic. Sexlexia. Amelia Airport was sexlexic. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. She went to the closet to go be sexlexic. Yeah, that's why her plane got lost. She thought it was a pussy. (laughs) She put her boobs in her own ass. (laughs) She's sexlexic. But let's talk about how Amelia Airport was sexlexic. And she put her boobs in her own ass. (laughs) By the supply closet by the Orange Julius. (laughs) All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you for listening to Suicide Buddies. Uh, Email us, buddy. Buddies, buddies at gmail.com. Uh, if you have suggestions or you want to share anything with us, also please remember to you know rate us five stars and like love us forever. <laughs> We're very cute. Please Review us, subscribe, subscribe, and give reviews. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, bye. Dave. I love you. I love you so much. All right, bye, man. I love, I love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. If you're actually actively thinking about suicide, we would hope that you would call one eight hundred two seven three talk. It's the National Suicide Prevention lifeline. They do incredible work and they are better equipped to maybe deal with such a serious thing. Dave and I love you and we want you back each and every episode. Thank you.